Hi guys and welcome back to God's Goals Podcast. I'm back. <laughs> it's been a little time, but I'm back and I have another discussion that I would love to share with you guys. So I started to think about um, just in intentionally doing things, right? How do I know that I am? making a true change in my life how do i know that i'm actually moving toward towards what god wants me to do and we've discussed this in different uh podcasts regarding prayer and going to god about things and also we've discussed um we discussed the, the fruits of the spirit and knowing that um and knowing and understanding that god is uh moving and working in us through some of those um actions and how we handle things so in this podcast well let me before I go there let me just say that I started to think about um how being intentional affects how we move and live and that snowballed into our living in your purpose and understanding your purpose and things of that nature so today I would like to discuss living on purpose God's goals. God's goals. Recentering our focus on Christ. So, let's start with some definitions, right? So we can just get an understanding, a basic understanding of some of the words that we're using, right? So purpose. If you Google purpose, it says purpose. The reason for which something is done or created or which something exists. So, that's purpose. Let's talk about on, the word on. Now, this is the second A definition, right? So, there are other definitions before this, but I thought the second A definition um, was best applicable to what I'm trying to say. So, it says, used as a function word to indicate a source of attachment or support. So putting the two together, so you have purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or which something exists. And you have on, which is uh, used as a function word to indicate a source of attachment or support. So we are attached or we support the reason for which something is done or created or which something exists. So that's me putting the two definitions together on purpose. Um, an attachment to, uh, to to the reason, the attachment or support to the reason for which something is done or created or which something exists. So now if I just put on purpose into uh, Google to be defined, it says on purpose simply means intentionally, intentionally. So when we are on our purpose, we are being intentional with our actions. Is that true? So let's look into it and, and just see, you know, I'm, again, I'm having a discussion with you guys. These are just thoughts, you know, and just I go to the word with it. And so we're having a discussion here with it. This is, you know, just my opinion. It's a podcast. So <laughs> this is not the end all here, but just to kind of get an idea, let's just look at, um, I want to go over about six points regarding being on purpose and about our purpose. So 
let's start with the first one, which is discipline. Okay, so I'm going to start with uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 26 or 27. It says, so I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Again, that was 1 Corinthians 9, 26 through 27. So he says, so I run with purpose in every step. So I run with purpose in every step. So in everything I'm doing, I'm, I'm running in, running with the purpose, the purpose that I have, right? And then he says, I'm not just shadow boxing. And I'm assuming that means not just kind of like going through the motions, right? But I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. So it does take discipline to get to that place of running with, uh, running with purpose in every step. He's saying that it is discip- I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I feel after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. So it's not just like we just say, mm, I'm just going to wake up and be in my purpose. I'll just sit here on the bed and it'll work out. And No, we actually are disciplining ourselves to, um, to move and to live and to do uh, what God wants us to do, what the Spirit is uh, getting us to do um, in order for us to try to move into that pur- pur- um, purpose. So it does take discipline, right? And then let's go to Proverbs 1, 2 through 3. It says, their purpose is to teach people to live discipline and successful lives to help them do what is right, just and fair. The purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Discipline is a big thing, y'all. And you know what? Honestly and truly, that probably was highlighted for me. <laughs> I struggle with food, 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 food. Let me just tell you, y'all, I'm greedy. And I know it sounds very petty and silly, but I am very greedy. And I'm like, you know what? I want those Oreos. I want this. I want this. And again, I know this sounds very small. And some people are like, girl, there is so much more to life than being disciplined. You know, there's so much more to be disciplined in other than worrying about food. But the thing about it is when something, food is, is very important. At least to me it is because it, it deals with health. We have to watch the little things. We say, oh, that's not a big deal. It's just food. Girl, just don't eat it or don't do it. But when it, it is a problem, it can snowball into something. So if I just keep doing or eating or choosing whatever I want, if I just want to grab fast food, if I just want to eat sweets all day, if I want to do all these things, that affects your health. How can you move in your purpose? How can you help others? How can you be ready to do the work of God if you can't move? <laughs> right? And not to say that somebody's overweight cannot do the work of God. What I'm saying is for me and knowing any health, the health backgrounds of family and all that stuff, For me, I have to make sure I am being disciplined in what I eat and how I do and what I move, if I'm exercising, if I'm making healthier choices, because like I said, it does have effects. I can't sway it off like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's just whatever. I can just eat whatever, do whatever, don't exercise. No, 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 no. There has to be discipline. And for others, it may be discipline with money. 
right? It may be disciplined with sexual things. It may be disciplined with actually just taking time out to pray and saying, taking time out and not saying you're too busy to pray or too busy to read your word. Discipline can be in different forms depending on the person. So there's not a, a set um, discipline. It's just whatever you know the Spirit has led you to work on. So I, again, and discipline is ongoing. We have to continue. It's an intentional effort. Remember, being on purpose, when we defined on purpose, it was intentional. We were intentional with our efforts. So that's one. So we know that discipline is important. Again, let me read Proverbs 1, 2 to 3. It says, their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. I kind of feel like maybe they go hand in hand, right? If you look at somebody successful, you can talk to them. They say they get up early in the morning. They may work out. They may read a certain amount of books. They may not spend their money on this and that side. All those things are disciplined actions, right? So we know that discipline is very much a part of um, our Christian lifestyle. And it's very important for our Christian growth. And even disciples, we know what that word comes from, right? So that discipline thing is strong. And I believe that's why I kind of have it up here in top number one, or whether God kind of pushed it that way, you know, um, to me, because that discipline thing is pretty important. So my next point would be fear of the Lord. And it says, and I know that whatever God does is final. Nothing can be added are taken from it. God's purpose is that people should fear him. Ecclesiastics 3 and 14. When I read that, I was like, oh, we're supposed to fear God? You know, I didn't think about it. But, okay, let me just go to the next one before I get into that. <laughs> okay, so that was Ecclesiastics 3 and 14. Let's go to Proverbs 1 and 7. It says, fear of the Lord. It's the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Again, that's Ecclesiastes 3 and 14. Let's go to Proverbs 1 and 7, talking about the fear of the Lord here. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Hmm. Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Wow. So, a matter of fact, before I get totally into that, I'm going to jump straight into the, 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 the third point, right? Because this all kinds of go together, the fear of the Lord. And my third point would be fear, faith versus fear. So let me get to these scriptures and then we're going to talk about fear in the Lord. We'll talk about fear and faith. Okay, so let's talk about, uh, let's look at 2 Timothy 1 and 7. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity but of power, love, and self-discipline. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. So there goes that D word again. We keep seeing the word of discipline. It must be important. But that aside, it says he has not given us the spirit of fear or timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. So we do have a spirit of love, power, and self-discipline, or power, love, and self-discipline. Right. So not the spirit of fear. And I know we just talked about, well, fear of the Lord. We just read scriptures about fear of the Lord. It's the foundation of true knowledge. Um, but fear of the Lord and fear in itself are two different things. 
So we want to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is more out of reverence, right? It's grounded in reverence and respect and love. It's kind of like a parent. You, most people don't, most children don't play with their parents, right? We don't, they don't try their parents, they don't take, well, okay, let me rephrase that. They do test their parents, but once they realize, okay, mom and dad don't play, I won't do that again. Then there's no testing of the parents. Then you know, okay, I'm not playing with my mom. When they say do something, I'm just going to do it. So, and then also as you get older, it's more so, okay, now they can't spank me or now they can't ground me or anything like that because I'm an adult, but it's more of a love and a respect that you have for them that causes you to uh, fear them, not in a way of scare, but fear that you would disappoint them, fear that you would hurt them. So uh, those types of fears are grounded in different things. Regular fear is grounded more in the unknown. I don't know what will happen, so I'm scared. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what will happen. If somebody comes up behind me, I don't know if they're going to hurt me, so I'll jump. I'm scared. Uh, I don't know what this person will do to me, so I, you know, I'm, I'm afraid. I'm not sure what that animal, animal will do to me, so I'm afraid. So uh, that is more grounded on either, I would say, the unknown or the perceived or the or what you think may happen, right? Two of those things. It can be on the unknown or what we think will happen when we encounter something. Though That is the basis of regular uh, fear. So those are two different types of fear. Fear of the Lord is a difference. It's a reverence. It's a love behind that. It's a respect behind it. It's almost even a want to do a want behind that regular fear is different so when we're moving in our purpose we know that we have to fear God but we shouldn't fear moving into what God has told us to do or moving into what God has shown us we should be doing right so let's go to fear let's look at the definition of faith and fear so faith complete trust or confidence in someone or something that is faith and when we uh, when we Google it, right? That's like the Google definition of it, right? Faith is the complete trust or confidence in someone or something. And then we Google fear, fear, an unpleasant emotion caused by belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. That is the belief that someone or something is dangerous or likely to cause pain or threat. So that's a belief. That's not proof. That's a belief. And then you have faith that says complete trust or confidence in someone or something. You can kind of see how they don't go together. You can see how faith and fear really don't go together. Um, how can they go together? If you have complete trust or confidence in someone or something, then there should be no belief that someone or something can cause pain or threat. Right, but it does depend on what you have your faith in, right? We can't say, oh, I have my faith in the door and it couldn't go. No, but we have faith in a powerful God, an almighty God. And for that, we can have confidence of not believing that we have to fear anything because God has us no matter what turns out. I'm not saying that we won't get hurt. I'm not saying that, but God has your back. It's just like, again, I'll use a parent as an example. Your parents birth you, they take care of you, uh, they look out for you when you need something, but they can't 
They don't stop you from going through things or going through pain. They will the best they can by telling you what to do or trying to keep you with them in their home, but they can't. It's inevitable. Uh, a baby will fall or, or you will get hurt as an adult or you might, you know, so that's something they can't protect you from, but they're still there. Even though you've went through that, they're still there. And that's what God is for us. Even though we go through things, he's still there. And he's there just like a mother is there to pick their child up when they fall and give them a band-aid and kiss them and comfort them and guide them. That is exactly what God does to us. Even though we get hurt, even though we make the wrong decision, even though um, there's some pain that we have in our life, God is still there and he still is a comforter um, and he still comes through. Right, because we, Jesus told us. Well, then we we looked at it in the last podcast. Jesus says in John sixteen thirty three, "I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So no matter what we go through, we have God, we have Jesus, and um, like He said, we can take heart in that. So let's look at the biblical definition of faith. So it says. In Hebrews 11 and 1, now faith is the confidence and what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. Insurance from God that even though we can't see it, he is still protecting us. That is the insurance. The insurance is that even though we can't see or we don't know what's going to happen, he is protecting us. Again, let's look at the faith definition. Complete trust or confidence in something or someone. So, when it says, oh, I'm scared, I can't do that, I can't move, I don't know what my purpose, I can't move, God telling me to do this, that doesn't, that's not me, I don't, I don't think that's me, I don't think that's what I should be doing, how do I qualify to that? There has to be that faith over fear and having complete trust and confidence in God and what he is leading uh, us to do, right? No matter what we see, no matter how uh, scared we are. Let's look at this. It says in Matthew 6, 30 and 33, and if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Right? Because a believer has faith, total confidence. Remember, that definition on Google said total confidence. Total confidence. But your heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. You need. Some people say, I still ain't got that brand new car. You need. <laughs> the car is not a necessity. Well, for some people it is, but that type of car may not be a necessity. You need everything you need. And I'm not saying God is not a God of giving things that we want as well. But all that has to be within his will and what he sees fit for us. He knows what's best for us. He knows what to give us and how to bless us. And he does it better than we could ever imagine. So... We have to have confident trust that God will provide and do everything, even if it's a move of, uh, you know, people always say, taking a step of faith, I'm taking a leap of faith out of this. Sometimes 
moving into your purpose is definitely a leap of faith. But we know based on these scriptures that God got us, <laughs> right? He has us and that he's going to take care of us. So we can put that faith over fear. And we know that the fear that we have in God is the different than the fear that we have for, about other things. Right, because they're grounded in different things. One fear is grounded in love. Another fear is grounded in not knowing what will happen. And that not knowing what will happen and I can't move because I don't know what will happen, that is not exercising the faith that we need to, to push into our purpose. So we have to be able to push into our purpose despite us not knowing and have the faith to trust in God to do that. Okay, so let's see what's our next one. So the next point is... God's will, accepting God's will. Let's look at Proverbs 16, 1 through 4. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives us, gives the right answer. We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines the motives. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. The Lord has made everything for his own purposes, even the wicked for the day of disaster. So God already has everything planned out. And submitting and committing to the, the way he wants us to live, the things that he wants us to do, how we should live our life, is a path to success. That is the path to success. That is the way to achieve things but we know that because Jesus already said that right when he said I am the way the truth and the life the life if he is the life that means everything is in him so we know that following his path is the way is the everything it's the, the end all that is it once we get into get him we get everything we get everything right so let's look at hmm Romans 10 3 through 4 it says for they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own act of getting right with God by trying to keep the law. For Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. So, of course, that's, a, that's pulling it a little bit out of context, referring to people that are still trying to hold on to um, the law versus um, accepting what Christ has done, right? Christ dying for our sins and, and all that. Um, because really, it, it says that, that Jesus really, um, he didn't really come to abolish it, but to fulfill it. And people just didn't see it that way. Um, it was more hanging on to traditions. And um, that was more important than trying to receive the gift of life that Christ was offering so um and so that still is applicable today uh we will try to hold on to what we feel uh, gets us uh to heaven or what we feel gets us or makes us feel better right um i go to church every sunday i mean i might not pray i don't really have a relationship with god but i go to church on sunday so we know that we we do fall for those traps of uh religion versus relationship and um, in order to be in God's will and understand what he has, we have to have that relationship. When understanding his way means uh, we have to do it his way. We have to understand him, be with him, and have a relationship with him. 
So let's also look at Exodus 9, uh, 15 and 16. It says, but I have spared you for a purpose to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. By now, I could have lifted my hand and struck you and your people with a plague to wipe you off the face of this earth. Now, this is in reference to when Moses was trying to uh, get the people free from Egypt and uh, Pharaoh was refusing. And so here God is saying, but I have spared you for a purpose to show you my power and to spread my fame throughout the earth. By now, I could have lifted my hand and struck you and your people with a plague to wipe you off the face of the earth. That's Exodus 9, 15 through 16. So look, if we're here, we know that there is a purpose for our life. We know that he has willed us to be here, right? And that he could have easily, could have, it's no problem for us not to be here. We know that we see it every day. Um, I used to hear my grandma say people dying and they never die before. You see, we see it every day, right? So, it's, if we're here, we're here for a purpose and a reason. So let's see. Let's get into the next point, which is his purpose. Remember, we're always going and want to move towards God's purpose. I know we have our aspirations, but we want to move towards God's purpose because we know that he does have a purpose for us. We know that he does. Uh, he has will for us to be here and to do certain things, right? We saw that with Esther. What did Mordecai tell her? Maybe, you know, you were here for a time such as this, y'all, I'm paraphrasing. I am so paraphrasing. But he told her that. We don't know why, or some of us do know why we're here, or we realize maybe this is what I'm here for. But let's look in what it says about his purpose. So 1 Corinthians 12, and we're going to read verse 12 and 18. Well, let's go to Isaiah. I'm sorry, Isaiah 44, 8. It says, do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim my purposes for you long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any other God? No, there is no other rock, not one. So don't, that goes back to that faith over fear. We don't have to be afraid to move into God's purpose that he has for us. There is no other God. There's only one, that's it. There is no other but him and when he's willed and he's given us a purpose that's it you know you're going and doing the right thing by following that so let's look at now we can go to first corinthians uh chapter 12 and we'll look at verse 12 and 18 where it says but our bodies have many parts and god has put each part just where he wants it the human body has many parts but the many parts make up one whole body though so it is with the body of christ so we know that this is the part in Corinthians where Paul breaks down the, the spiritual gifts, the different gifts, but he's also saying while we have our individual gifts, we all are still one body of Christ and that we work together to build into that one body of Christ. And that's what our purpose does. That's what your purpose is. We all have different gifts that help us with our purpose. The end goal there is to build up the body of Christ with our purposes and with our gifts. Okay, and so we know again, well, how do I know what my purpose my gift is? I always say, consult God, pray about it, fast about it, seek God, go into the word, seek his face real hard. Any question you have, go talk to your God. He has all the answers. 
I look, I've done all the quizzes and, 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 and those are good. I'm not talking about any, you know, non-spiritual quizzes, but you know, quizzes that you do through church and those are wonderful. But God, going to him, he will reinforce it in your spirit with your gifts and what your purpose is. And sometimes the purpose is, you know, I, mean, I don't know if the gifts and purpose always align, right? Just because you can rap real male doesn't mean that God wants you to be a rapper, right? He still might have a different purpose. Let's look at his disciples. Paul, I mean, uh, not Paul. Peter was a fisherman, was he not? He had a whole business. It was him and his business partners, right? John, they all, it was a business. Andrew, that was a business. They had a business of fishing. However, their purpose was to be fisher of men. They were disciples for Christ. They were bringing people to Christ. So sometimes the thing that you may be gifted in or the thing that you've worked in doesn't necessarily mean that it's your purpose, right? Not to say that you don't do it, well, it just may not be towards your purpose. We know Paul's background. There are a lot of people in the Bible we know that have different backgrounds and have done different jobs. Even I, I believe they even said someplace that Jesus was a carpenter. We know he was a savior. Of, his purpose was to be the savior of the whole world. So sometimes our gifts are not necessarily our purpose and we have to recognize that and be able to sep uh, separate the two and accept separating the two. Because sometimes our gifts make us feel like, oh, that's what I need to do. I can sing, I know I'm supposed to be a singer. Not that your gifts can't be to glorify God, but they just may not be your purpose. That's all, okay? Or they may be your purpose. Or you may have a voice, and that voice is to bring people to Christ through song, ministry, through song. It, it very well could be. So, again, that's something God has to reveal, and that comes through seeking him and finding. Remember, we saw in Matthew 6, it says, seek him, and um, he will give us everything we need. That includes answer prayers. That includes questions that we have for him. So, the last point um, that I have is, what do we do it for? In our head, what are we moving into this quote-unquote purpose that that we're pushing for, right? We have to remember when we're saying, what, what's my purpose? Well, when you're asking that, are you asking that because you're really trying to build the body of Christ? Are you just trying to show off? Are you just trying to let people know, I, I know what I'm supposed to be doing, what I'm doing, I'm working it well because I'm, I'm busy, honey. I'm working in my purpose, you know. Or, or is there a really genuine um, care about what God wants you to do. Let's look at um, 1 Timothy chapter 1, 5 through 7. It says, The purpose of my instruction is that all believers will be filled with love that comes from a pure heart, a clear conscience, and genuine faith. But some people have missed the whole point. They have turned away from these things and spend their time in meaningless discussions. They want to be known as teachers of the law of Moses, but they don't know what they are talking about, even though they speak so confidently. So, you know, we have to make sure that we are doing it for the right reasons, right? Paul kind of gives some of it, right? Because he's telling you, look, I've instructed you, um, it's for the purpose of all believers to be filled with love that comes from a pure heart. So a pure heart, a clear conscience and a genuine faith. We can't get those things without going to God. We can't get those things without the help of the Holy Spirit, right? We don't have pure heart and <laughs> and a clear conscience on our own. That that comes from help with the Holy Spirit, right? A lot of things are impossible, but with God, all things are possible. A lot of things we can't handle on our own, but with God, we can. And He does make in us a change anew. So, um, 
we look to him to kind of help and guide us through uh, finding our purpose and making sure that why we are chasing it or why we are pursuing it is for the right reasons and so that we are pursuing the right purpose, right? Because if it's grounded and I want to make some money and it might be that, I don't know, maybe what I'm doing does not make the, maybe my purpose is not making the best money. Maybe my purpose is to be a school teacher teaching this and teaching Bible class or teaching these children, underprivileged children and being a light there. And that may not make as much money as me being a singer and having a million dollar contract. So I have to remember that. Cause, and, and, it, and if I look at the purpose that I want, I might not get to the school teacher purpose. I might pursue hard the money contract because I'm thinking, my my what I'm doing it for is not going. I'm not I'm not doing it for God. I'm not doing it for the real purpose. I'm doing it for another reason. So we must always consult God on our purpose and watch what our intentions are, what we're doing it for. And remember we are doing it for Christ and for the body and the uplifting and the upbuilding of the kingdom. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. That's all I got. That's all I got. I just want to share a little bit with you. Bless me, so I want to bless you. <laughs> so just to, just as an overview, uh, our like six points were discipline, fear of the Lord, faith versus fear, and God's will, His purpose, and what we do it for. Thank you so much for listening to God's Goals Podcast. I don't want to end the podcast without offering Christ to any one of my listeners. Um, Romans 10 and 9 says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You will be saved. There's more things to building up your spiritual walk and making that change. But the first step, confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Okay, so I have a podcast out called It's a Gift. Go to that podcast and it goes into more details about receiving that gift and, and tools um, that you can use along the way as you strengthen your spiritual journey. I guarantee you accepting Christ will be the best thing you ever did. Go to that podcast and listen to it and get some information there. Okay. Thank you guys again for listening. See you next time. Bye. God's goals, recentering our focus on Christ.